0: Welcome to the Crypto Assets and Blockchain Podcast. Yes, so a little bit of uh, background. Does it work? Uh, I started as a programmer. Um, I was uh, studying math and computer science, and uh, I was involved in some computer security, uh, helping financial institutions to breach their security networks. Uh, then uh, I moved to create my small internet service provider, and I was quite successful with that. And later I moved to finance. I worked as an analyst uh, in a hedge fund. and was analyzing different companies across the world, uh, validation of these companies, uh, transacted with mergers, um, uh, several billion dollars. And later I worked as a hedge fund manager, operating a long-short, uh, portfolio globally. So uh, these, uh, and I've been trading uh, Bitcoin and other financial instruments uh, for the last five years. Um, why why do we face this concept again? So uh, before governments monopolized this function of uh, creating money and. Uh, uh, selecting the interest rate this money uh, is cost. People use some stones, some gold, to as a means of exchange. Because money is always uh, something that your neighbor trusts you uh, as a means of exchange for goods or some services. And uh, it, it, we live in the digital uh, era now, where the money is becoming decentralized, and more and more people are trusting decentralized ledgers to store some sort of wealth, some sort of an, an asset. Um, The world generally diverges on understanding digital assets Uh, and usually people uh, believe to some famous names like they believe economists, they believe some businessmen, but even most prominent businessmen, politicians diverge in in their opinions. Some understand this asset or or this particular uh, digital asset. Space. Some completely do not and uh, uh, say, say something negative against it. Even the Wall Street uh, that's supposed to be in the leader of uh, finance, mm-hmm. even Wall Street banks, some of them are favorable to uh, cryptocurrencies and some uh, totally f- for restrict them for, for their clients. I was in uh, that was last month and I talked to the CEO of uh, Morgan Stanley and uh, they have a policy to like, forbid the clients are even trading uh, with any sort of security associated with Bitcoin. And there are some securities that are trackers, Bitcoin trackers. One is listed in Sweden and another is listed in New York on the pink sheet. So Morgan Stanley does not allow its clients to trade these securities, while other banks, for example, or even Wall Street banks, uh, allow some securitization of Bitcoin to happen. Uh, there was a good example in the history um, when I first got to internet in '94. Uh, there was this show going on in, in America and uh, famous people back then were sitting there and asking what is internet anyway, like what can you do in the internet? Send an email? I mean, like, who, who would need sending an email? It's an obsolete thing they said and uh, look where we are now. So, Deep uh, Morgan guy also uh, claimed it abroad a fraud and became quite famous with that uh, quote. In fact, uh, I know that part of Clients were buying Bitcoin at that time, so that these you know, Wall Street guys—they uh, are used to manipulation uh, of the markets, and they they lived and thrived manipulating markets for years before regulators you know showed up and uh, restricted some of that activity uh, after the financial crisis, because literally no big financial institution uh, survived the financial crisis of 2008, and that marketplace they created in uh, subprime and other derivatives uh, was purely manipulative market so it's, it's typical for them to just say that uh, something is bad and then uh, market you know correct and then they are buying the asset and then sell to their clients it's uh, uh, it's a very common practice and I'm a hedge fund, as a hedge fund experience I'm, I noticed it so many times but Bitcoin itself has so many uh, regulatory issues within uh, its protocols so let's uh, divide regulation in a traditional uh, legislative and, uh, framework and regulation within the protocol uh, as, as a code. So, we it had a lot of scaling issues, it had some hacks, uh, a lot of people were trying to uh, DDoS it and uh, make some use of it uh, by hacking into the nodes and stuff. So, a lot of um, this, this may Eight years, I think, uh, Bitcoin is in existence, maybe nine already. Uh, it had a lot of challenges and it survived all of them. And most of the people who were like Bitcoin lovers at the top uh, uh, were, you know, uh, uh, dumping this market and saying it's some bubble and stuff. Every, every literally, hundred thousand, three thousand, ten thousand dollars, every time the market corrects. Uh, regardless of the reason, there are people who say finally it's going back to zero, it's a bubble, it's a fraud, um, and it doesn't happen. And the reason for that is uh, this matrix. I think the digital asset as an asset class uh, will be a member of an allocation matrix for institutional investors for years to come. And they are the ones driving valuation in any asset class. I mean. Uh, if you look outside, you've got like uh, traditional um, assets like stocks and uh, bonds, right, you've got real estate uh, and then uh, there is a huge uh, asset class that called alternatives. And everything that is not typical, not standard is alternative. Think of like wine or rare cars or uh, hedge funds, it's, it's also an alternative asset class that alone uh, trades around 3.2 trillion dollars. Now, USIS is a perfect example. It's a big hedge fund industry that was regulated under Luxembourg and Ireland (coughs) legislation, and it's already about 20 trillion uh, combined. Uh, And the beauty of digital assets is that they're very transparent and very liquid, because you can't really find a buyer for a decent bottle of Why? Because the market is not transparent what the price could be. It's mostly emotional or uh, marketing that helps sell that particular product. While the digital assets, uh, it is very transparent. You always see how many of that asset, who holds it, uh, how it trades and where. So it's a perfect asset class for institutional money allocation. This is exactly the reason it could trade much, uh, much higher than uh, current valuations. Um, I have a question actually to the audience: Who thinks like Bitcoin is fairly valued here at this price like ten thousand? Who thinks it's a fair price? Okay. Who thinks it's overvalued, like way overvalued, and it should trade like two zero? Okay. <laughs> so I guess the rest thing is undervalued. <laughs> Oh, oh! no, not having an opinion is definitely a position. Uh, but these guys, these funds have an opinion. These are just newly created funds, uh, around 300 million combined. They were just created last month to enter this new asset class. They want exposure to this asset class. They have investors that uh, select them to manage uh, their portfolios. And this is just the beginning. Uh, last year there were like 60 crypto funds for the whole year. These two months there are 200 already new funds being created, and these are uh, 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 these are uh, basically the service providers that will lead this c- capital to this uh, marketplace. Why is it so hard to understand this marketplace? Because you have to uh, combine a number of expertise, a number of. Com- uh, competitive um, advantages and knowledges to understand this asset class. There's not just a single vol- formula you could use and value Bitcoin. In order to understand and trade this market, you have to combine all these uh, expertises. You have to understand some IT, you have to understand finance, you have to understand crypto in the way of math, how way it works. And you need to understand the regulatory position if you want to become a money manager in this space. Uh, this is the global regulatory position, uh, the way it stands now. There are some jurisdictions that allow everything, uh, the fraction of uh, tax or zero tax. There are some jurisdictions that haven't decided yet. And uh, back to the gentleman's comment uh, here. A lot of jurisdictions, as you see, they haven't decided yet what to do with this asset class. Because if you're a politician, your risk is asymmetric. Uh, you don't have any upside, uh, providing a new incentive for the market, uh, and you could be put in jail if you do something wrong, or at least lose your job. It's totally different for an entrepreneur who captures the new market, right? He has all the upside, uh, and the downside is just the capital committed to, to do this venture. For politicians, it's the it's other way around, so that's why they're reluctant to move in the first place, and very cautious, and they want to follow other jurisdictions or other markets before uh, making some um, own judgement. I think the last year was the year where countries started to compete for this market. They understand this market has uh, and can bring a lot of intellectual capital and financial capital uh, in their territories and when Japan legalized Bitcoin as a payment in in spring 2017, it opened a door. to, to institutional capital, to all other countries to compete for this marketplace. And this is uh, a good thing for, uh, for the market overall. What, why tokenization? So, mean, a lot of subjects and topics we discussed earlier today were about tokenization. Uh, obviously, it's much uh, more efficient than securitization. And this is the reason uh, a lot of these ICOs are attracting capital through this process. Um, but uh, I think it's very important that uh, the world synchronizes the position about tokens. I really like, the, I like very much the crystal uh, idea of breaking down tokens into four categories, and we also think the same way. In fact, uh, the legislation helped uh, Montenegro to introduce uh, is uh, saying exactly the same thing that there should be four types of. Uh, tokens, and uh, these types cover 99% of all uh, applications and uh, digital asset space uh, so far, as we know. But the most important thing is, where do you put these tokens into the capital structure of a company? Because with classical uh, instruments like equity, like debt, uh, the whole industry knows, like the courts know, uh, investors know, like asset managers know, what is seniority of all these capital layers um, and, and the biggest uh, like question of how how do we uh, put the tokens in, into this traditional capital structure and who gets what first um, and and the legal system has to you know comply to it and, and work and and it, it will help um, asset managers and institutional providers, uh, to, uh, to operate in this marketplace. So uh, there is a very interesting feature of a cr- cr- classic uh, bubble and uh, all uh, traditional assets have experienced for the last 200 years this trajectory. So first there is like, smart money coming into the asset, then you've got institutional investors like venture funds, private funds, and then the asset is being uh, put uh, to the public, it's, it's, uh, it's going to exchange, that. IPO is taking place, and then the public takes its asset to a new type of valuation. Uh, now, I have like uh, um, a concept that this is the first time in the human industry uh, this marketplace uh, brings institutional investors after the public. They haven't even started uh, coming to this market yet. They're, they're just testing waters with it. Institutional asset managers control trillions of dollars globally. Global real estate market is 100 trillion. Global equity market is around 80 trillion. Eight zero. Global fixed income market is around 200 trillion. And crypto assets are like, what, 400 billion now? 450? Today, uh, Bitcoin introduced the final uh, 0.16 protocol of SegWit. It shows that it scales very, very good actually. The scaling process in Lightning Network and Bitcoin uh, uh, was much better than people thought. So I think it's going to trade much higher from here due to the institutional investor interest. Um, We've been working on the regulatory framework for digital assets for the last couple of years. We have a couple of jurisdictions that uh, we helped draft legislation and uh, this year we'll publish a book on uh, digital asset regulation. Um, and uh, To support this, we will also launch a digital euro on a blockchain that will be legal, it will be competitive to the uh, but uh, institutions will be able to subscribe and redeem for it, uh, like they do with the ETF market, for example. So with that, uh, I'm open to any questions you might have. I'm happy to comment further if... Uh, yes? Um, if you say you're going to start a competitor to Tether, um, <coughs> if you say that you're going to start a competitor to tether, will you uh, work on transparency or, like, actually showing where the money would be sitting in which banks, which would be different from what is territory? doing? Yes, exactly. So technically we won't need banks. Uh, we can accept any security as a collateral. Uh, having a broker license and a banking distribution license, we don't need bank... Bank being I mean, as a counterparty. Yes, we'll focus on the transparency and auditability of reserves. In fact, we could do uh, audit every two minutes, like the block closes on uh, the green blockchain. Uh, but definitely, it would be much more frequent than once per year, whatever uh, traditional uh, audit happens in, in uh, legal entities. Nice, ah, thank you. business model when you have a uh, turned-style crypto-backed asset, I mean, uh, it seems like a lot of work and not really much business uh, business model behind it that I could see when thinking about it. The only one is to start speculating with the funds that are there or or having some sort of uh, spread on the initial sale. Yes, very good question. Well, the initial business model is just commission for subscription and redemptions. Mm -hmm. Going forward, they will decrease tremendously. And And most uh, business will come from the uh, money market fund itself. So think of several billion euros worth of money market fund. If you earn 1% a year, it makes you a couple dozen of uh, million euros per revenue stream. Yes, the business going forward for this process will be in the money market uh, entity that will manage the uh, scissors. Of, of but it will be fully transparent, and very liquid. Goal is to earn 1%. Percent. I mean, I was at Hedge Funds for 15 years, I was making 20, 30, 40%, uh, sometimes even more. So uh, I, I, I can earn this very low volatility 1% a year. It's uh, not a big deal. Have you been uh, building an ecosystem of partnerships that you are working with to disseminate this Euro token? I mean, there's many interesting use cases for stablecoins. Have you been looking into various projects that you might work with in this domain? Yes, very, very good question. question. Uh, of, of course, we're always looking for partners, but we were earl- very early to this crypto uh, theme. We were the first in the world to as Bitcoin in mean, the Bitcoin fund. We created a legal, it's on Bloomberg, it has IC, it's audited a Bitcoin fund in 2012. It's the best performing fund in the human history and I think it will continue to remain to such. So we are shareholders in Bitstamp, Bitronics, we have a number of partners uh, to, to make this happen, yes.